Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Yoy! I'm not going to worry about your level of concern. Yoy and double yoy! We talking about Twitter. Triple yoy! Think of how stupid the average person is, and then realize half of them are stupider than that. Quadruple yoy! We will not do gently. We will unleash hell here in December. Because we have to. We won't go into shell. We're going to go into attack mode because uh, that's what's required. When you unleash hell at Christmas, only the dead or those left for dead will deck the halls. It's what Jin's talking about. The conversation about the Steelers social media conversation uh, exclusively on Behind the Steel Curtain I am Kyle Christ. Here with me over Zoom is Mr. Season Tickets, Greg Benevent. Hello. Hopefully you can hear me over Zoom. Yes, he's already at the, he's the first person tailgating for the <laughs> Cleveland game, right? You're already there. Oh, yes, absolutely. We're going to have Christmas and Lot C. What the, where, where are your, where are your, what's your section again for the, for the Cleveland uh, game? We are section, uh, I believe we're 103, no, 107 seats, uh, three and four. So the, uh, if you go to the, uh, seven yard line, 
uh, at the south end zone on the visitor side and count back uh, 17 rows, you can stalk myself and my mother. Wow, those are some uh, those are some decent seats. You might get uh, you might you, you know you're going to get some good pick. You're going to have some Kodak moments there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I always have the memory from the late 90s of when uh, three guys in the row in front of me just started shouting out the most awful vitriol to the Jacksonville Jaguars punter. And then the next time he came off the field, he went to the other side of the Jaguars sideline. <laughs> well, that, you know, that, that reminds me a lot about the 2021 uh, Steelers <laughs> Steeler fan base. <laughs> Here we are unleashing hell in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the fans are unleashing their own uh, their own type of hell. Let's get. They didn't wait till December. Oh no, no, they were uh, no hell was unleashed in in September for, for the fans. Uh, let's get to the tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love comparing the different headlines from the, mm. from across the media. It kind of it, you mm. know they they each portray their own narrative or their own version. Let's see what we got here. We've got uh, at. Ray Fit one Ray Fittipaldo okay. from uh, Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Secondary mm-hmm. pass rush win the day against the Titans. Did this feel like a secondary win? Well, I mean, uh, the, uh, of the headlines we got, I mean, a bit of a spoiler alert. That's the most positive one because it implied <laughs> that the Steelers actually had something to do with winning this game. So, I mean, I, 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 and also I, I think that it's, you know, uh, I, I was going to say Joe Hayden isn't the entire secondary himself, but when he made plays like that tackle at the end, perhaps he can be counted as an entire secondary. So yes, between him and all the tackles, the safeties made, uh, I, 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 I give this uh, particular headline a thumbs up, a B minus, a B. Uh, I'm on board with it so far. It, well, it's about time the secondary uh, won a game because you know we've been mm-hmm. we've been crying about you know blown coverages and uh, you know mm-hmm. deep deep th- deep touchdown passes. So you mm-hmm. know what, when in the in the search for heroes. Uh, it's about to, you know, the secondary earned one. I like that. How let's get, let's mm-hmm. keep going to, let's stay at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette here. We've got, uh, at Jay Starkey, Joe Starkey, MVP for Sunday is Mike Vrabel. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, was, uh, was this just, uh, was it, did we just happen to be on the good side of bad coaching? I mean, maybe, but I, I, my thought, because I initially had a similar thought about like, ah, oh, did Vrabel give this game away? And then I thought, well, what could Vrabel have done differently? Did you want him to, if you were a Tennessee fan, if this podcast was like, you know, how do you tighten up or whatever? Like, would you have wanted him to run the ball more? How much more could he have run the ball? <laughs> At some point, they were going to have to throw a little bit. And when they did, it didn't work out for them. So short of him running the ball on like 90% of the plays, I'm not sure exactly what you would have wanted Vrabel to do. Well, here, you know, in that same uh, in that same token here, we've got uh, Ron Cook. Man, all the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette guys, they must uh, <laughs> sit together in the same little section there, uh, you know, at the stadium. <laughs> because Ron Cook was in the same boat as Joe Starkey. Can Steelers win a game the opponents don't hand them? You know, didn't the defense make big plays? Was this handed to them, or did the defense make big plays? Uh, I, I think the only way you could say this this game was handed to the Steelers is if you assume that every turnover is just a screw up by the offense, as if the defense has no agency in making that happen. I mean, I can see if you want to say, OK, they were handed the one where, you know, they messed up the snap. All right. That was a mistake on the Titans part. Sure. But there were plenty of turnovers 
other than that, I mean, if this game were the other way and the Steelers ha- had blown and the Steelers were a better team, maybe, and played a better game where they rolled up the stats and lost because they had so many turnovers, it would have been about how, you know, we'd have heard some of the Steelers beating themselves. But we also would have heard about Steelers not good enough to put team away. Yeah, Steelers yeah. lack killer instinct. It wouldn't have been, you know, Steelers. Just, it would not have been entirely Steelers hand the game to someone else. So, you know, it, it, it. I mean, it gets us talking about Ron Cook, which is something we tend to not do here so much. So, yeah, so I think this headline was a success, if not truthful. Well, you know, it's like you you can't have a Steelers podcast about the conversation and then not talk about the the beat writers themselves. And we don't always... Oh, 100%. Absolutely. They direct the conversation. I mean, that's, you know, that's the way it's been as long as you and I have been alive. I think this is the most... uh, I think this is the most fair, or or this is the fairest. Um, Or this is the fairest Mm -hmm. in the land, or the most fair... Let's go to at Tim Benz PGH. Mm. Tim Benz at the Trib. Steelers defense manages both feats of strength and airing of grievances. Isn't this the story not just of this game, but all season? It's like, it's, you know, bend for 58 minutes, but then in the moment when it matters, uh, come through in the clutch. It's like, it's it's Braveheart on the gridiron. Yes. I mean, it, it. yeah. I mean, Tim Benz has milked this Festivus gag now for several years through the trip, <laughs> which is great. I mean, I know it's great because I, I read it, too. It's a smart way of putting things. It's so much better than the winners or losers paradigm that everywhere else uses. Why not do it as a way that looks at it as moments versus individual performances? I think it's great. But yeah, I think that's exactly right. A defense that you know, literally can't seemingly can't stop anyone from running the ball until they get to like the 11 yard line and yet manages to make big plays. I think that was a very, and this is the most truthful defeats of strength and airing of grievances has been in some time. What is the, is there, is there an algebra to it? Like one turnover equals uh, 75 yards of scrimmage given up on defense is there an arithmetic what what does one turnover or one third down stop equal in terms of what they can give up on a drive I mean, I, I, it's hard for me not to answer that question simply by looking at when the situations have been reversed, when the Steelers have lost to a team that they doubled up in yardage and had so many, you know, more turnovers. So it's hard for me not to think about like one turnover equals like 75 extra griefs or units <laughs> of griefs or units of complaining. So that makes sense to me. I like it's, units um, of grief. You, units-, <laughs> units of grief. Okay. I, I, then that's where it is. Cause it's, cause I mean, how many times have you seen this exact game in reverse? first where the Steelers were you know would dominate some team but you know struggle in the red zone or have a bad turnover at midfield and lose a game that looked almost exactly like this in reverse and and you know you'd hear about Steelers beating Steelers but you'd also hear about like oh they can't put the bad teams away oh they're not ready to win oh you know so I uh uh, uh so I, I I'm totally fine with this being reversed this time well you know that, that reminds me those takes sound like uh at Mark Madden X here at the trip. Mm. Mark Madden, you know, St- Steelers produce another discouraging win. You know, it's a win, but it's a discouraging win. Like, I guess I guess that's better than an, an encouraging loss. What was it? An encouraging loss was the Chargers game. So I guess this was... That was, a- that was, that was an encouraging <laughs> loss at uh, uh, parts of... Yeah, I mean, I don't know, the first half of the Packers game. Personally, I'll say I felt quite encouraged. 
yeah. I found this one quite encouraging myself. I, I did not feel discouraged after that. So I, I, I'm going to have to disagree with that. I think the funniest part of this, though, it's not the word discouraging. It's the word before it, another. another. Oh, here's <laughs> another discouraging win. Yes, you know what happened? You know what it's called when you stack several discouraging wins together? A win streak. A discouraging streak. A streak of discouragement, <laughs> man. Like what, I, I, that must have been. That reminds me of the the year when we were the six seed. That must have been the most discouraging Super Bowl run ever, right? <laughs> oh yes, no, no, no. It was ju- it was just full of of disappointment and despair all the way to a championship. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, credit should be given to the defense, but hey, not even the Associated Press at at Will Graves AP. The instead of the headline is four Steeler turnovers, it's it's instead it's sloppy Titans fall once again. Uh, Titans weren't the Titans the top seed in the in the conference. They they were coming into the game, but as soon as they lost, that that memory got very quickly blackballed. Then it was immediately they were the third seed in the conference, and we had to forget entirely they were the first coming into that stadium. They were that so, sloppy I mean, it, that sloppy team, right? No, they were the first seed. Now they're the sloppy. Right, they team. were the number one seed, and and moreover, they were seen as this like great victory of coaching. It because uh, remember they had the injuries to the big back, they had uh, the injuries to the receivers, and they they were resourceful up until they had four turnovers, and then they became sloppy once again. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a, a team I remember uh, called the Steelers. So, <laughs> yes. all right, let's 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 move on because this uh, this game was such, such low, few stats on offense, yet it gave us some of the most stats. I don't want to sound like us. <laughs> The, the, the stat geek over here but this was a this was a game of stats let's start mm-hmm. with at Ledyard NFL draft John Yedlard mm-hmm. Steelers had 168 yards of offense were two for 11 on third down and one haha all right and mm-hmm. let's pair that with at Austin Stanley 81 the Steelers failed to gain a first down on seven of their 11 possessions and still won so uh, one more, one more with this. At Bradley Locker, okay. the Steelers had 133 passing yards. That's the fewest passing yards for a Steelers in a game since uh, October 2019, when Duck Hodges led us over the Charges Chargers in Los Angeles. Uh, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh is now seven in three, seven and three in games under 150 team passing yards. So, <laughs> what that tells me is the worse we are, the better we are. I am <laughs> assuming that in a lot of the other uh, uh, under 150 team passing yards that the Steelers running game was simply so dominant. I mean, I don't have those numbers in front of me that it is kind of my guess. It, uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, each of the three things you just read to me makes me believe all the more in secondary and pass rush win the day i mean it's it's each of these sta- each of these stats show just how great the defense could be at times when they weren't letting another running back you've never heard of run through holes that this week were just seven yards as opposed to 18 the week prior yeah you're gonna hear about uh you know you're gonna hear about this being the worst Steelers run defense in team history but there's, you know, when it when it comes, but when it comes to rubber hits the road, we, we still win games. You know, stats don't matter. The only stat that matters is the W. And right, I, I, and I also, I, not to interrupt, but I just love when the guy said they were 168 yards offense and two and eleven on third down and one lull. 
that to me that's the whole thing and one lol that's that's what all of this is that that's the subtext that's the text itself that's the whole thing all right let's uh let's go on to at Steelers PR Mike my favorite guy on Twitter Michael Bursch uh mm-hmm. Steelers outscored Titans 9 nothing in the fourth Pittsburgh has scored 142 points in the fourth quarter which is the second most in the NFL you know the, the uh, all we see on the screen is, and all we hear on social media, is that this is just such an anemic offense. Yet, uh, the you know, what matters more than fourth quarter points? Right. Oh, yeah. No, it, it, it's absolutely true. And it, it, you know, and it's easy to make all the counter arguments that, oh, they're off and down. Oh, they don't take control of these games. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I, while it, you would love to be dominant the whole way through, if you had to pick a quarter to be the best in, that's the one you'd pick. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Oh, you know that gets a uh, that gets you get all the you oh, get all the yeah. Okay. You know, it, th- th- there's there's something about being you know if you because if if you're the opposite, you're like the Titans. You're just a team that blows leads, and then that's there's nothing more disrespectful Sloppy. and you know more dishonorable than a team that blows leads. But instead, you know, we're the opposite. We're a team that always comes from behind. Another fourth quarter comeback. Uh, I don't know. It's just there, there's something about, uh, you know, I don't know what it is. We've, we, we've got the... Uh, the gabagool. We've got the gabagool. <laughs> All right, let's, you know, th- th- is this stat even worth mentioning? I, but mm-hmm. I've seen it all over Twitter. We'll go to at okay. Perk Nowitzki. Ben Roethlisberger mm-hmm. has never lost a home game after a live-action Spider-Man is released. So we're talking wow. every, every Spider-Man except the first one with Tobey Maguire. Wow, which is which is something. Because in that time, I mean, live-action Spider-Man movies are just, what, five and two or five and three. Like, they don't have a, a total winning record across that with, with some of them. So, yeah, that... <laughs> Uh, that that is a pretty great stat there. I'm glad you read that. That makes a lot of sense. And you know, I mean, the franchise is going to keep going since the movies have uh, uh, really improved, really gotten good with the last guy. So yeah, that uh, hopefully that holds true for the next quarterback as well. Well, yeah, we'll see if Tom Holland can put a run together like Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know. You know, <laughs> a whole generation of people uh, don't know a quarterback beyond besides Ben Roethlisberger. But mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. right, uh, okay, enough. Let's go to uh, oh more. <laughs> More more stats here. Let's okay. go to the defensive side. At, at NFL Research, uh, TJ Watt has 66 and a half career sacks, passing Hall of Famer Derek Thomas for the third wow. most in a player's five seasons. I mean, we're, we're watching history. It, it doesn't feel like it necessarily mm-hmm. uh, week to week, but, uh, you know, this is we're on we're on to something historic here. Absolutely. I mean, I, I was just, you know, aging myself a bit, but I was a child when Derek Thomas was just getting into the game. I was just getting into the game when Derek Thomas was truly great. And that's mind blowing because that's all you would hear in NFL primetime. Like, I think, you know, my elementary school post had a poster of Derek Thomas telling kids to read even in Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, we oh, had, wow. you know, it's hard to say just how, you know, big and dominant he was seen as a pass rusher, the equivalent of Reggie White. So, I mean, that is truly a, a staggering statistic. All right, what? Uh, we got so many other stats here. We've got, uh, I don't know. I think we we got DJ's a thousand yard season. We've got which is such an accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, we'll get. Let's get to let's get to this one then. Uh, okay. At at Jason Shetler, the sports guy. Since two thousand one, mm-hmm. Steelers receivers to have at least twenty five hundred yards in their first three seasons. Uh, Santonio Holmes, 
06 to 08, Mike Wallace, mm-hmm. 09 to 11, mm-hmm. Juju, 17 to 19, and now Deontay wow. Johnson, 19 to 21. Uh, where where do, where do you put Johnson? Uh, where do you rank him among the Patheons of these Steelers receivers? Well, I mean, it, of course, the most Im- interesting name there is the one that isn't seen is the one that had 2,500 yards the first in, in AP. Yeah. But it, uh, I mean, of, of these three, I mean, knowing how the first two uh, end, it's hard not to have, you know, Deontay uh, first just because as great as Juju was, I mean, even, and I just saw this stat the other day when I was procrastinating at my actual job, I saw that, that Juju had 1500 yards in basically his first season or one of those seasons, which means the rest of the seasons, he, you know, had, had a lot less than that. So, yeah, so I absolutely have Deontay above those other players right now. And also because, Hey, you know, the teams Deontay's been on, maybe not as good as some of the other ones. Those guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, plus, you know, plus he's, you know, he shared some time with Juju that, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, eh, okay. All right. Let, uh, do we want to talk about Minka? How sure. about, um, at Steelers, we'll just go straight from, straight from the, the horse's mouth. Uh, Minka, mm-hmm. Minka Fitzpatrick has recorded a hundred plus tackles in a season for the first time mm-hmm. in his career. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about the ones he's missed sometimes, but this this has been this has been a, a record setting season for him. Maybe not in the in the healthiest of ways. <laughs> right. I mean, it's you know the true definition of the safety is the guy that uh, literally provides safety from making sure you know the running back doesn't run into the end zone. But I mean, it's it's you know you feel very grateful that he's there. I mean, it's going to be a whole conversation at the end of the season. Does he deserve to be paid as one of the best safeties in the league? Blah 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 blah. I'm not ready to think about all that yet. I am ready to think about hey, at least this guy's here to make the tackles. I mean, in a way that you know maybe a lot of the other safeties, even the great ones, maybe weren't necessarily. This guy can tackle. He can't. He can do more than just you know catch the deflected interception that kind of thing. If you look at. Um... Joe Schobert's wife's TikTok, you can see how I know that's kind of stalkerish, but uh, it you can see how beat up Joe is after the game. Like he can barely get up mm. out of the seat. Mm. Now can now consider Minka, who's making just as many tackles, if not more, each game with a little bit smaller frame. Uh, he's got to be. I I don't know how he's out there. He's gonna really. He might hit the wall soon. So I hope. That, <laughs> <laughs> Hope we make it through the season. That's uh, a good point. That's a good point. All right, let's move on. Let we uh, we got to talk about the return of Hayden at okay. at Colin Coward. Steelers Ugh. Steelers offense should just take their game checks and ha- hand them to Joe Hayden and the fellows on the defensive side. You know, uh, Hayden was one of those ones who maybe didn't put together the the best first fifty minutes, but then mm-hmm. uh, again, it, all that mattered was how it ended. Right. Absolutely. Well, even didn't Hayden say after the game, hey, they had me on the pitch count. They weren't going to, you know, have me there for the whole lot of the game because uh, maybe he was at the point where he couldn't exactly run with them big, fast guys necessarily uh, uh, too early on or all that much. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we saw the clips of people running past him. But man, oh, man, that just to have the insight to put his body where it was to know exactly where that line was to tackle that guy short of it. I mean, that's, you know, that's not just experience that ex- that's experience mixed with a lot of talent. And um, you can hear uh, uh, Colin whining throughout this entire tweet. It's rare <laughs> that you can read a tweet and hear like the kind of high pitched, you know, just through it. Um, here's uh, what Ryan Clark had to say. My man Teddy Bruschi just called the Hayden tackle the tackle of the year. Was that this okay. year? Was that this year's version of Spillane? 
<laughs> I think it's a little bit more because Spillane wasn't the very next play to do run in the end zone. That's yeah, that's so a I good point. Would, so I think just by uh, 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 I, I think just just on merit, I think this one becomes the tackle of the year. Unless you know, I mean, I haven't seen the rest of the league unless there was someone else who made a tackle to save a game at the end. But uh, but yeah, I'll make a tackle of the year. Sure. Um, let's go to at Carter critiques. Uh, Mike Tomlin mm-hmm. says Joe Hayden's return wasn't just about his play on the field, but his leadership off it. He says the presence. He says his presence brings intangible advantages. Is he worth yeah. staying out there on the field over uh, maybe Witherspoon at this point because of maybe not what he brings uh, below the neck, but above the neck? Well, I mean, it, it, like we said, I mean, I can't imagine anything more above the neck than putting his, you know, his feet on the line and tackling the guy short of that. I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of thing. I mean, thankfully, I'll never be in a position where I have to teach someone how to play football. But it seems like that's the kind of thing you would use to do that. It, um, Yeah, I imagine his presence does bring uh, intangibles. I mean, look, I know very little about these people other than what they put out on social media and all that kind of thing. But Joe seems like one of those genuinely positive upbeat fun to be around guys like you could see working a job alongside someone like joe hayden not all of them are like that yeah i i I, so i totally see just on like a pure human level someone wanting to you know go through a difficult task with someone like joe hayden as a co-worker you know when tomlin says we smile in the face of adversity he's one of the ones that is actually smiling (laughs) yes that's exactly i think that's exactly right all right well then the final question regarding hayden at blitz videos steelers should definitely bring in joe hayden for another season uh is you know would you give him a contract after this what what do you see in his future I don't know. I mean, I'd love to if they could afford it. But man, oh, man, the guy missed a lot of the season. Then again, when he missed a lot of the season, they sure would give up at least one or two really debilitating deep passes. So, I mean, it's it's if you could get it, if you could afford it. Sure. But man, I don't know what he would cost. And also that age, because that injury was much worse than we were originally told. So you 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 know you it's way too I know we shouldn't be talking about this yet but you've got Witherspoon mm-hmm. you've got James Pierre you've got Cam Sutton uh you know I guess you could either bring back Hayden or you could uh, draft a corner you're probably going to have to draft a corner no matter what um right because Justin Lane seems to have not worked out as we'd hoped so you know it it it's is there room for Hayden, I guess, is the. I, I mean, it it, 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 I don't know. There's always room for somebody that can make a play that can play like that when they have to. But I mean, is one more year going to make them all the more brittle? Uh, it, it depends on what all this is going to cost and how much more money they're going to have under the cap. I mean, it's you know, it's fun to speculate about this kind of thing, and it's easy to get sucked into it. But we have no idea what the Steelers cap situation is going to look like uh, 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 in you know February, much less April. So, I mean, it, you know, it's going to be all it's going to be completely different one way or the other. Yeah, there's always room for a great uh, player, you know, someone who's got the Gabagool. The Gabagool. All right. <laughs> We've got to get to a commercial because mm-hmm. I think I just think that's what we I think we got to. We, we've been going long. Sure. It's going to be it's going to be a long show. Um, <laughs> you know, make sure that. You check out all the podcasts on Behind the Steel Curtain. I guess there's been a lot of uh, Christmas content coming your way this Woo! week. We'll be having one of those uh, as well. So get ready oh, for that. Yeah, get ready for that coming up. So, um, but first, that, but that, that's that's 
not coming up after the break. Actually, after the break, right. we've got more of your hot takes and uh, outrageous social media behavior. Okay, hold on. <laughs> All right, back. Uh, we got to keep it going. You know, I don't even. Geez, there's so much to say about T.J. Watt, but I think it's been said by everyone. Let's move on to. Uh, can we just go all the way to Presley Harvin? Actually, let's go to. Okay. At Miked Up Sports One, uh, the Boo Birds are out for Presley Harvin the third. I won't be surprised if he's cut before the next game. Uh, he's the worst punter in the league now obviously Tomlin <laughs> said he's not cutting him in fact he's saying he's sticking right. with him uh mm-hmm. what but you know do, should we be sticking with him uh they're going to stick with uh, anybody who has worked this long with Boswell and knows how to hold for him like this they're going to stick with that through the rest of this season and hope that he gets better at punting it uh that's even beyond the idea of him being a draft pick but um but yeah he's held for boswell he's done a great job doing that i know he's done a great job doing that because boswell continues to kick the ball in ways that amaze me so yeah they're going to keep him for the rest of the season and just hope that he gets better at punting which uh we all certain which seems like a thing that should happen but i don't know how it got to this point where it's so bad you know the the we had kind of different takes on the booing. I'm not a, I'm not someone who boos, but uh, mm-hmm. that's just in general. You said it's okay to boo a 27 yard punt. Um, yes, I mean it, it's because again, it's not like you're you know uh, 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 mad at the team or something like that. You're allowed to be unhappy with a punt. It's not like he was punting into gale force winds. I mean, I don't boo either. But I mean, if you've paid your money and you're drunk and you're upset by the punt, sure you can boo a 27 yard punt. At, uh, what else is boo? Can you boo like if? Because I go to always go to the Wendy's uh, on Sepulveda, and you know probably two mm-hmm. out of three times um, there's something wrong with the order. Can I just start booing them and in, in the window? Like, well, I mean, it, I, I mean, you you can try. I mean, I I I I know he's a seventh round pick, but I imagine the people at Wendy's are still making a little bit less. Well, okay. I mean, what about? Um, you know, what about my boss? Can I boo my boss at work? Like, <laughs> my boss has put in some 27-yard uh, punt performances, you know? I mean, I, I, I can certainly boo mine through Slack, but, like, I also understand that at my job, I've put in a few 27-yard punt performances myself, so I, I, I feel like I'm sort of skating around here. But Do, uh, have you I been, mean, I'm not saying it's constructive. I'm just saying if you're hammered and upset, it's better than unleashing a string of vitriol within the uh, the presumably slightly more civilized people around you. Well, the people in the stands are getting in fights anyway. Uh, yeah, that's I, a lot. I mean, you know, uh, okay. Well, then we found out. Uh, then you know, then we found out here from Presley Harvin himself, P. Harvin twenty seven. Uh, you yeah. know, big thanks to the organization. They brought his father out. Uh, you know, short, short notice left. Uh, time left on earth and they were able to get him to the game mm-hmm. one last time so mm-hmm. is as the player are you going to take is your takeaway from that are you going to remember that in this uh, very personal moment for you that the Steeler Nation was was booing you at, at your at, you know at your lowest moment 
Well, I mean, I, I, I would kind of hope that, that, that as a professional, you managed to slough that kind of thing off. I mean, I, I remember getting booed and jeered playing uh, uh, ages 15 to 18 year old roller hockey by the other parents. And like, I didn't react to it well, but I was also a teenager that was paying to be there. And uh, I would like to think as a professional, you, you let these things go. And also, whether it was a mock cheer or not, they did cheer him when he kicked that like 51 yard punt, which got returned 55 yards. <laughs> They definitely did respond positively to that up until the point that dude started running wild. Well, and, you know, no one's – is anyone talking about the flags that should have been thrown? I don't think anyone uh, – that one, that one was a lot. I remember it was – I was – when you and I were both as stunned as we've ever been when there was a block in the back on James Pierre, that was as, as stunning a penalty as I think I've seen in some time. I mean, he definitely did push the guy in the back, but wow – also to do uh, 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 the several blocks in the back, it seemed, in the big middle section there that let that guy run through. That was, uh, yeah. Were, uh, uh, yeah, that was that was surprising on multiple levels. That was, uh, yeah, I think you would need Mr. Fuji in your corner to get away with some of that uh some of that heel heel turn stuff. I'm talking about. Oh yes, wrestling. and also the fact that we didn't talk about this till this long in the podcast shows that the Steelers did win this game. I mean, otherwise yeah. that thing would have come up way way sooner. Oh yeah! All right, we we haven't yeah. talked about. <laughs> I we, you know it's we haven't talked about. We've gone this far and haven't talked about Ben. Let's. Uh, wow! Wow! Let's go to at Miked Up Sports One, Mike Nicastro. Here's my early advice to Steelers on the Chiefs game. No one expects to win this game. Let it all hang out. Flea flickers, onside kicks, uh, triple reverse, wide receiver passes. Uh, basically any, everything except Ben doing what, what we've been doing all season. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the truth is I like the impetus behind this. I would just cut all the dumb attempts at jokes in the middle, like any reference to Haskins and triple reverse wide receiver passes. But the idea of letting it all hang out makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I, I, I the idea of you are, you know, certainly down in this game, you, you are, you know, seen as a supreme underdog in this game. You almost invariably have to score early to keep pace with it, most likely. So I, I, I you know, we've talked before in this podcast about like, well, is there ever a point where you just let Ben air, air it out and let Ben be Ben? I, I would be on board with that for this game, just because I'm not sure, because I really don't think you're going to be able to control the ball running Najee. If you can do that, that's great. But hey, if there's ever a game where you're like, all right, Ben. You're the Hall of Famer on the way out. Let, let's win it together. Let's see what you can do, buddy. I, I would be fine with it in this one. Okay. Well, okay. I'll give you a. I'll give a counter argument to that. Is that please? You know, if we have, if we're having a hard time doing the most basic things, then <laughs> you know, all, the, all of a sudden we're going to try flea flickers. Like, okay, I, I can see that being a. Someone holding, you know, automatic hold on a flea flicker. Oh, three dudes holding on a flea flicker. I just, no, that, that's what I meant, is cut out all the goofy stuff in the middle and just put this one all on Ben and see if Ben can go win it by himself. Because, again, I don't think they're going to be able to control the ball, you know, 10-minute drives, uh, uh, Najee running for four or five yards. I mean, maybe that can happen. That'd be optimal. But, I mean, letting Ben just try and win this game himself. If, if they see a flea flicker, you might as well just give up. I mean, this team is not going to be able to execute a flea flicker or the triple reverse or something. I mean, they can barely do the end around to Claypool. But um, but yeah, but the idea of just, hey, if there's something in the playbook we were thinking of trying, I can see this being the game. Well, let's try it. I mean, let's see. I'm okay, fine Seven's your guy. All right. Okay, seven's your guy in this one. Well, you know, and everyone says, well, Ben, you know, Ben's so bad, so bad. Well, 
Let's look at the stats from NFL on CBS. Most mm-hmm. games with a 90 or above QB rating over the last eight weeks. You got Garoppolo with eight, but then you've mm-hmm. got a bunch at five. Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, and even Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> So, you know, the, the story that we see uh, on social media is that, you know, this is he's just so bad. He's washed. He's got to, mm-hmm. you know, hang it up. Well, it looks like he's, ju- you know, if, if not just as good as anyone else in the league, uh, you know, certainly in the fourth, the best. Absolutely. And also it, it's interesting because you see, you know, Burrow and Rogers seen as, you know, <laughs> the absolute apex of what this position can be. And they're here with these same numbers. I mean, it's, it's, you know, and also I I don't think, I mean, anyone outside of the Bay area and maybe some people within it would have picked Garoppolo to be the winner of this particular competition. I mean, I, I certainly don't see the Niners play, but I know from the Bay area fans, I know they complain about him too. Well, and we're talking QB rating, which we may as well be mm-hmm. talking uh, defense points on your Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> player, you know? So, you know, I think a lot of that is not throwing interceptions, right? Like it's basically not turning the ball over. Isn't that like a, maybe the, biggest factor in this particular thing certainly uh, this week this week the biggest factor you know compare this yeah. week to cincinnati uh those mm-hmm. two games and the biggest factor right. is turnovers so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and no, you know it, right it, which might come down to the division since you know cincinnati we might not be able to catch up to them uh if mm-hmm. you know and it's going to be because we couldn't win one of those one of those games uh, uh, all right right let's um let's get it let's go to the lightning round okay At Yinzer Crazy Show, uh, mm-hmm. Tomlin is a man dressed to impress today. Did you see? Uh, did you see the duds that uh, Tomlin had going into the stadium? I, I did not, but I mean, uh, as soon as I read that tweet, I immediately thought of him blowing a kiss to the camera at the end. Which <laughs> is, you know, if I didn't have a lock screen of my parents on my phone, I would strongly consider that. I, <laughs> that, I mean, it's it's regardless of what he was wearing, I felt that. Uh, was certainly something that looked very good on him at the end of the game. He was certainly he's certainly a vibe right now between the kiss mm-hmm. at the end of the game, uh, the the look going in very fashionable. It was the scarf. It was the uh, oh okay. Was, I guess it was a I don't know if it was a beret. I wouldn't. I don't think it was a beret, but it was a, one of those fancy hats. You know. Oh, cool. Okay, not just like a ball cap with the logo of the team he works for on. <laughs> no, okay. no, no, not like, like not like, like uh, Belichick going in looking like he just woke up after a uh, <laughs> after a kegger. You know. <laughs> But he also has his, there's this little bit of swagger in on his press conference. You know, he's keeps mm-hmm. he keeps mentioning. I, I think in a few weeks in a row now, he keeps mentioning you know his 15 years now in the league. You know, he's he's <laughs> reminding people that he's been here for longer than you have. You know, so <laughs> I think he's got a swagger out there. I you know I can believe that. I think between mm-hmm. what he did with the duck season and what he's done with this season. Is I think you know I think it makes everyone else around the league take pause. Maybe not here. Absolutely in, in Yinzer country. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. All right, let's go on to at Adam Crowley. If you're a mm. Steelers fan who thought Juju's logo dancing was no big deal, I'm sure your deal with the Titans shenanigans similarly. Uh, <laughs> so we saw the Titans, you know, at the at the they're at the logo in midfield, and some mm-hmm. of the takes were Steelers didn't have anything to say about that. But weren't they in the tunnel still? 
Right. They were in the tunnel. And also I heard after the game, which I did not hear before the game, apparently this is just what the Titans do on the road. Like it's something they've done, whether they're playing anywhere, whether it's Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, uh, uh, anywhere they're on the road, they'll come out and do that. I mean, it seems unless it seems like it unnecessarily opens the potential for being something inflammatory. But um, but yeah, it, it, it I don't know. I mean, it's and also there is a difference between standing there and like doing a dance, rubbing your butt on it, stomping your feet, you know, and doing snow angels. Like, you know what I mean? I, I still think it's weird and not something that like why even invite the possibility of this occurring. But, uh, you know, it's it's it, anytime again, you're a fan of a sports team. It's OK to be a hypocritical partisan of that team. So you can be uh, think that, you know, what Juju did was no big deal. And you can also be upset about this because you're the fan of a sports team. You do not need to maintain this kind of moral clarity. Oh, yeah. You're, if you're as a fan now, here's what here's a time when you can boo, you know, if they're out there and you're the fan. But if you're the mm-hmm. Steelers themselves, I mean, does this really does this really motivate you anymore? You're already backs against the wall. You've got to you're trying right. to win out just to survive. Um, you know, yeah. you, everyone's been counting you out, even, you know, your own mm-hmm. alumni, uh, even people probably in the building. So, uh, OK, like they gathered at midfield. I don't know. That, that's kind of like think anyone even mentioned that to the Steelers by the time the game started do you think like you know someone up oh my god did you guys hear they were at the logo yeah Man, ma- did you know maybe like, at halftime you know? yeah maybe something maybe at <laughs> halftime they said oh did you hear that they were having a show out there i don't know What's, right exactly yeah <laughs> i think this was an interesting uh juxtaposition on that let's okay. go to at kent Chevalier, Chevalier, Chevalier. I'm not sure. He's the the Steelers chaplain, which has got to be one of the more interesting jobs. Like, I bet you know, like a uh, it's a third down, and it's like, all right, everyone get to work, and there's Kent going down to say a prayer, right? Like, (laughs) I guess. I mean, I I I have little idea how this works. Well, okay, so the Steelers chaplain uh, tweeted, "Wise men still seek him and bow down to worship him," and posted a picture of everyone praying at halftime after the after uh, after the game, uh, both Mm -hmm. teams. But what was interesting was no none of those uh, Titans defenders that were there before the game were there for the prayer afterwards. That is interesting because I have seen his pictures in the past, and usually they do include many members of the other team, regardless who they're playing, whether it's the Bengals, the Ravens, the Browns, like it usually is a cross team kind of thing, at least if I'm thinking of the same guy in the same pictures, because I mean, they do tend to, you know, players from both teams do tend to pray together after the game, at uh, regardless of the score and what's happened. So, I mean, that is kind of interesting, but it, you know, I can also see, you know, uh, as some Someone that's had, you know, disappointing moments in front of crowds uh, being like, OK, that went badly. I'm getting out of here. And yeah, I can do whatever, whatever spirituality I have. I can explore it when I'm outside of the eyes of this where I've had a very public disappointment. Yeah. You know, it's it's obviously all the men of faith there at the end. But, you know, maybe if you're there uh, in the middle of the field before the game, maybe you're a man of little faith. I don't know. Is that... <laughs> OK, let's move on to. OK. At ESPN Rittenberg, Adam Rittenberg, okay. Oregon mm-hmm. is targeting Steelers offensive line coach Adrian Clem for the same role under their new coach, Dan Lanning. Uh, mm. He last coached, Clem last coached in college with UCLA in 2016. Um, I, You know, this is Clem's first year as offensive line coach, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. even though you, we, we think that the Steelers line is the weakest 
part of the team, and which it might be factual. Uh, isn't this a project that you would want to take on to see to to uh, tr- fruition? Well, I mean, yeah, and it's and also too, I mean, it, you know, not sure how many people. You know, I don't follow a lot of college football, but I do know that Oregon is one of those big schools that intends to compete for national championships and intends to be a national power. So they would have their choice of offensive line coaches at essentially any level. So, I mean, I can see. uh, So if they want them, then again, it's, you know, not everyone thinks that Clem is a bomb. But um, but yeah, I mean, I could see. Uh, 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 them want. I mean, especially because so much of the Steelers is based around stability uh, at all levels, coaching and all that kind of thing. I can see them wanting to keep Clem around just because. Hey, some of these, while these guys have, you know, the young guys have taken steps backwards at times. They haven't always been a colossal mess. So I can see them wanting to keep him around, particularly because I imagine they're adding some new pieces one way or the other in the off season. I just can't imagine. Uh, you're, you know, you've been elevated at this level. You know, we we heard Tomlin talk about what it means to coach uh, for this organization at this level to then, mm-hmm. you know, kind of want to go back to the college level in the moment when you're facing, you know, maybe what your biggest professional challenge. Um, <laughs> well, that's implying that they don't let Clem go, which I think a lot of people think may happen too. But it, uh, but yeah, I, I I agree with you. If you can, you know, if you can stay here. Uh, 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 with you know what, the, and and they would have you back. Then by all means, why would you not do so? It's not a booster with a big enough blank check. That's that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> all right, let's go to at Jason Shetler. Do we oh, or do we do we have him already today? I don't we know. We had him earlier. Oh, yes. Okay, that better sports guy. Better take than uh-huh. this one. The emergence yeah. of Chris Wormley will probably make it an easier decision for the Steelers to move on from Stefan Tuitt. I thought that we uh, we renegotiated to its contract. Yeah, and it's and also we're not sure what's going on with Tuitt. But man, I mean, I, I don't know how, how much you cut of the post game afterwards, but they were absolutely killing Wormley. I mean, it's just the idea about this guy's a great backup. But uh, when you put him out there, he's going to be exposed. I mean, it, you know, it, 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 this, this is, it's rare that we get a take on here that feels overly optimistic. Uh, and this seems like one that might uh, uh, tread in that direction. Yeah. I mean, if, if all things equal going into next season, which gosh, I, I'm sorry, we're looking ahead to next season, but I know, uh, you know, uh, you would have Cam and to it back. And Wormley, mm-hmm. yeah, Wormley would be back to you know, a, a ten snaps. I don't know if it, you know he he w- Hayward is getting older, so he would still get his snaps. Right. <laughs> All right. Absolutely. Enough said. Okay. Enough said. Um, mm-hmm. Let's move on to at Steelers Depot. Devin Bush was not on the field for any of the final thirteen Titan offensive possession snaps. I guess it's a moot point now because he's on the the COVID list. But mm-hmm. did you feel, I, you know, did you feel that Devin was kind of benched or demoted there at the end? I, I it didn't feel like that in the moment. No, it didn't. I mean, and also, truthfully speaking of in the moment, it's not like I was scouring the defense to see if Devin Bush was out there, considering everything else that was going on at the time. It, um, I mean, it, it, this was the game where Devin might have been even been a little more positively noticeable, as you and I remarked early in the game, where he could have had that red zone interception, proving he was in the right place. I mean, he seemed to be around the ball more. 
But uh, yeah, that, you know, every week we sort of have our Devin Bush status check. And for the most part, it seems to be trending down, even when things seem to take a step forward. So perhaps this is another unfortunate step in that direction. Well, PFF grade, if you, you know, if you believe those gave him, I think, one of his lowest grades of the year. But, you know, wow. so, you know, now be careful what you wish for, because now we're going to have going to a game with uh, Joe Schobert. Robert mm-hmm. Spillane, not even, no Devin Bush, not even Marcus Allen. So, mm. uh, you know, is, is it going to be the rise of, uh, is it the time for the Buddy Johnson era to arrive? Uh, I, I think we're counting on a lot more uh, sack fumbles from Derek Tuska. I think that's going to be a big strategy. <laughs> Derek Tuska with his first with his first sack of his career. You know, we talk oh, about. Oh, and he looked tremendous. I mean, he come in off the edge. He looked like TJ himself here on that play. I mean, that was amazing. Like it was, uh, it was great. Yeah, all the attention uh, is on TJ's setting records and uh, franchise mm-hmm. records, but you know, we're, we're, we're ignoring <laughs> the rise of the next legend, Derek Tuska. <laughs> the Tusk. The oh. Tusk. All right. Well, we'll see what happens when uh, Travis Kelsey is running downfield with Robert Spillane <laughs> this weekend. Indeed. All right. Moving on. Mm-hmm. At Carter critiques, we'll we'll go back to Christopher Carter. Renegade strikes again for the second mm-hmm. time this season. It wasn't the immediate turnover like we had um, mm-hmm. earlier, but we did have a second turnover on a Renegade drive. Yes, and it, and I want to say, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it was the one that was seen as the, oh, the Titans handed it to them. The uh, I want to say that was the botch snap that uh, Watt still managed to fight off three dudes to get. It, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's something to see it on TV, but I mean, at, at, at the risk of overstatement, it really is crazy in there when they play that song from 40 plus years ago. Like it is, <laughs> it, it's not, it's not a fake thing. Like, I mean, if you, if you're, you know, if you watch the Steelers from across the country and you read, you know, the national media and the other teams mocking and that kind of thing, there's a reason that like the Bills and the Titans and all these teams play Renegade, like at their practices <laughs> and at their warmups, because it is something you kind of do need to be prepared for just because it really does set those people off. I mean, there's no it's uh it's 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 amazing it's amazing that it does Mm -hmm. seem to have and we were talking earlier in the season about getting rid of it and here uh you know it's game-winning drive not since joey porter has something off the field won us a drive um okay uh you know geez we're going so long but uh, you know i wanted to it's christmas i want to get this in at Mm -hmm. steelers cr steelers community relations we got to talk at least one off the field thing you know steelers Mm -hmm. have announced first donations of 2021 from players uh and matching donation from the club this is part of the social justice fund they raised okay 113,000 from the team and then they matched it for 113,000 from the players stepped up it's Mm. cam cam hayward cam sutton tj watt uh, both Edmonds brothers, Benny Snell Jr. and Jacob Tuati Mariner. I'm, it must be a practice squad guy. I don't even know. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I'm sort of looking like, okay, good, good job, Mr. Tuati uh, Mariner. So that, it, um, yeah, no, that's great. That's real money. Two hundred and twenty-six thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. You know, mm-hmm. Tomlin said uh, two two seasons ago that they were going to be forces for positive change in the community, and mm-hmm. they're certainly putting. The money they absolutely have been out there, and uh, it, it helps during Christmas too. And that which mm-hmm. we're tying it into Christmas since this is Christmas Eve. Um, okay, That's let's right. get let's get to the final word. 
because gosh, mm-hmm. we're going long. I we missed. We didn't talk about all the Tomlin haters. We didn't talk about the people twenty twenty two visionaries. Uh, you know, we. Lot- I think just by saying good things about Tomlin, you touch on the Tomlin haters. Like by yeah. you know, by speaking the positive, you acknowledge their absence and their incorrectness. Oh, just the the game clock management nerds. Those are the, the those people. <laughs> you know, we don't even have to get to the tweets. It's just these game clock <laughs> management nerds. They think that that's just so important. I get that that. Tomlin doesn't play that game the way that maybe everyone else does. Okay, maybe not the the way that all the all the statist- statisticians and you know gene football geniuses do it. But he's got his reasons, and it's and and it's just not the same priority that it is to anyone else. And I don't think I don't think anyone uh, is willing to accept that when it comes to <laughs> clock management. I don't know. Okay, sorry. Uh, final word. Oh, no, you're good. Okay, final word. At Rickfish412, Rickfish, the mm-hmm. Steelers have beaten three of the current AFC playoff teams. Don't tell me that they're not playoff caliber. You'd be wrong. Not only three of the current playoff teams, but the Titans when they were the one seed, the Ravens mm-hmm. when they were the one seed, the Bills mm-hmm. when they were the defending AFC champs. Mm-hmm. Or, or a team that was, yeah, they'd gone to the AFC title game and was very much favored to uh, uh, go back to the Super Bowl. Yes, I mean, it's, it's yeah, they've had, you know, they've beaten plenty of teams that are right there in it. And also, if you expand it out to beyond the seven teams that are in the playoffs right now and just go to the teams that are in contention, then it's even more of them. So, yes, it's in a league with a lot of parity, with a lot of teams with similar records, they absolutely are playoff caliber. That's true no matter how frustrated you get by the run defense, no matter how frustrated you get by the run game, no matter how frustrated you get by the early starts. They are absolutely a playoff caliber team. And, you know, not just any playoff caliber uh, going into the Thursday night game. They could have been they still had a chance to be a one seed, believe it or not. Right. So, right. Uh, you know, a lot, lot of football left. A lot of hell mm-hmm. to unleash, especially Indeed. at Christmas time. Uh, <laughs> follow me on Twitter. I'm at Kyle Kreis. Greg, where are you on uh, social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Greg Benevent. B is in boy. B B is in boy. E N E B is in Victor. E N T. Uh, all right. Keep listening to the Behind the Steel Curtain Podcast Network. Uh, have a merry Christmas. Hope you get everything that Santa Cope brought you under the tree. (laughs) Have a great holiday.